1: happy Saturday morning to all of you. Ashley Frasca in again this Saturday for Walter Reeves. He will be back next Saturday and first off, right off the top of the show, we want to wish everyone a happy Veterans Day. Today is the observance of Veterans Day and no mail delivery as well, but very important for the strength of our country when you see a veteran today. Please thank them. I'm pleased to be here again this Saturday. It's an early start and a chilly start too. About 43 degrees out here on Peachtree Street in Midtown Atlanta. And again, we've Gotten Mickey Gazaway up early and driven all the way to the city. Hello, good, good morning. morning. How hey. are you? Great, it's good to have you again. And Stan out there too. Yeah, Stan's <laughs> having a good time. And Mark Banta, CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy. Welcome back, hey, sir. Hey,
2: good morning. How are you?
1: Great to have you, Mark. Thank Thanks. you so much for sitting in when Walter's out. Y'all helped me out tremendously. Couldn't do it without you. So much fun. Oh, it is. It really is. It's, it's worth getting up early for, isn't it? So, today, we've got a lot on tap. We've got a lot of good things going on at Pike Nursery. We'll pepper in throughout the three-hour show today. A big Bulldogs weekend with the Georgia Bulldogs playing the Auburn Tigers. This is kind of an important game, guys. I don't know if you've heard.
2: This is, this is radio, but for the listeners out there, uh, Ashley is definitely already decked out. We noticed the uh, G's on various sundry things. That's
1: right. <laughs> I've got the bag, I've got the sweatshirt on today, the socks even. Y'all couldn't see the socks. Okay. So it's a pretty crucial day with football. So we'll talk anything, but primarily we're gonna talk gardening today. Anything you have, questions about your landscape, let us know. Four oh four eight seven two zero seven fifty. One of my most favorite things to try and do, I put the emphasis on try, is to identify the trees that are just really brightly colored this time of year. And we had one Snag us up last weekend that we finally figured maybe a Chinese elm, but there are just so many that I even or if, Chinese
3: pistache was that it? We, we had two different things, and I've been watching all week, and I'm not sure. See,
1: yeah, yeah that's bothered me too. So I still kind of want to get a feel for you know the really pretty trees out there that folks are seeing. The The leaf drop really seemed a little later, yeah, than normal this year, but a couple of good winds in the last few days have almost just about taken yeah, care the, of that in that
2: the wind. We were we were talking about that as we drive drove around in Piedmont Park. Earlier this week, it was kind of uh, funny that, in in a way, a lot of times when we have uh, good rain in, during this during the season and then we turn dry, then that intensifies leaf color. But whatever happened this year, to me it seemed to be later, Mickey, and then it seemed to be uh, kind of. Turn and drop all at the same yeah. time instead of hold and, and get to do a big show. So we've we've actually had a lot of people out looking in Piedmont Park at some of the beautiful things changing. Uh, the hickory tree and the ginkos uh-huh. uh, really are get amazing. people to stop and photograph them. But it seems like it was a quick turn for me this year.
1: Yeah. I think so, too. So a lot of that has to do with the amount of precipitation, you think? I, I think the timing
2: yeah. of the precipitation and then the types of storm fronts that move through how much wind and rain they have with them. Um, but, yes, yeah, sometimes it happens a whole lot quicker than you think.
1: And then we blink our eyes, that's happened, and as we were talking before the show, then Christmas trees are up and Absolutely. out on every corner at Pike Nursery, they're everywhere, so it's happening fast, guys, whether you like it or not. 404-872-0750, it is time to take the first call of the morning. Nicole in Griffin, Georgia. Hi, Nicole. Ashley. How are you? How are you doing, Ashley? I'm talking to you on the other side of the microphone. This is weird. Usually I'm talking to you on the phone. Yes. But here we are. So how how's how it going? Well, What's new? Well.
4: I was asking the other girl, why Ashley, she says she's <laughs> the old thing again. Yes, like
1: you'll find out in just three minutes <laughs> when she cracks her mic open. How about that?
4: Um, mister, I have a lot of questions about tree for Mark. Yes, okay, because um, why a tree one is got two liter is not a good tree.
2: It's uh, well, you know, there there are a few uh, things that we call trees that have that, that we say that's okay in, but. Typically, the reason that we don't want uh, double leader trees, particularly if they're supposed to be single leader uh, in their natural form, is that that's a weakness in their genetics. And so, you see these trees that split out, and you'll see half the tree still standing, and then half the tree on the ground. It's because there's some included bark, which means the bark has grown inside where it should be strong wood, and the bark is not that strong when it's in, when it's uh, kind of in the crotch of, of those. Uh, of those two split leaders. So that's the primary reason. It, it's a it's a structural defect, and it's not desirable. So we hope that our nurseries and, and our tree farms watch for those things. And the ideal thing is that they don't make it to the market, but then if we're a consumer and we see that anyways, it'd be better uh, not to purchase those and, and find one with a single leader.
4: So how uh, young uh, can we detect those double...
2: Pretty, pretty pretty, young, because as they come up and they start splitting, then that's where you see it. And there are times where we can train, particularly, I was, it's interesting, I have a friend down in Luthersville, and he's trying to learn, he, he got a hundred-year-old farmhouse, and he's trying to learn how to prune his fruit trees and his figs and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, there's great brochures uh, from the University of Georgia Extension Service and on on uh, Walter's site as well, and if you catch things that do have a less than ideal structure, if you do them young, you can you can correct some of this uh, to begin with. You can correct this. And imagine
1: that. <laughs> now, where where are you seeing this? Where did this question come from? It sounds pretty deep.
4: Well, it's this tree that I bought 15 years ago. I look at it because he told last week he was talking about double leaves, And that's true. They are weak. They are just no good tree. He dropped his leaves. He got sick. And I said, I'm going (laughs) to cut him. (laughs) This is a bad tree. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like it. Yes. And you have to be careful when we plant trees. To make the right decision, but then again, we don't know what's the right decision until we read and take Master Gardener course, and uh, oh, just because you have to live with them until you know you decide to cut them.
1: Right, yeah. or I mean, you just have to live with them once the builder has already put them there. As as <laughs> gardeners, right. that is one of the biggest frustrations that we all share is just seeing the trees that they're they're doomed. You know, from the start, you can just yeah. see them improperly planted or too close or what have you. So that's very smart, though. That's something to look for. Just as a consumer, you're absolutely right.
4: Uh, Another question, if you have the time. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Abba's is this uh, maple tree, and it's got black rot and all this stuff on it. I'm thinking, is he sick, or have to cut it, or is it going to get better?
2: (coughs) Excuse me. Well, that's a a good question. Are you seeing the little black spots on the leaves, or are you seeing stuff on the trunk?
4: On the trunk, and it's pretty... um, it's, it's moss, and it's black, and the bottom uh, branch, I have to cut them every year. I'm just going to decide. I don't want to be bothered with this tree anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the maple is short for this lifetime. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's how old would you say the tree is? Is it, is, is it big? Is it 25, 30 feet tall, or no, is it a giant? No,
4: it's about um, maybe, well, 15, 20. But the trunk has never been, you know. And I thought when I bought it, it had a garden root. I didn't know about it.
2: Yeah. So here, here's one of the things, and, and I always look at these situations to figure out, okay, in a worst-case scenario... If something happened to the tree, is it going to fall on something? Or, you know, if it's in its awkward teenage years, which is what it would be in if you were, based on the size you said it is, then it might grow out of that and it might uh, begin to thrive. but. A lot of times trees just have to get through those initial phases in establishment, and then they're going to do better later. Um, but it is one of those things, if you're really uh, tuned in to what they're doing and what they're not doing, it's easy to get a little over concerned about them so if it's not a threat to anything i'd let it grow another few years um prune deadwood out of it but other than that don't really do a lot with it make sure that it's got some mulch around it and just see if it can grow out of some of these problems
4: well thank you for the
1: encouragement
4: yeah
2: absolutely mark (coughs) always
1: an optimist that's right yes Uh. Well, you've got time, really quick, for zinnias. Did you have something to chime in about
4: that, Nicole? Yes, uh, I cut the zinnias yesterday, and I put all the—I tried to put all this let the seed on the ground. Mm-hmm. Would they come back? You think? Depending of our climate this winter,
3: there's a good chance. Yeah, sometimes I usually save my zinnia seeds in the um, in my cutting garden. I keep, I just pick them off in the fall and save them and put them out the next
4: in the next spring. Me too. Yeah, that's what usually I do. But this year so I'm going to try something yeah. else. If they're going to come back from. Uh from the ground yeah they know. probably will i have
1: a good time picking
4: them oh, out yeah, putting them fun. in a the
1: dry piece of just white computer paper and i've usually folded up the little piece of paper and just clipped it to the side of the refrigerator and i remember it in the spring oh, to plant them, yeah. i
3: usually forget
4: what i do with them my husband's don't. like you know you
1: can just go ahead and buy those <laughs> from the store right
4: and i'm like i know but it's more fun to harvest to see that i enjoy that and we learn from it that's what experiments yeah, absolutely also. well
1: if the squirrels don't get to them first then i have the opportunity to learn from it yes <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Nicole, always great to hear from you. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your day. Drive safe out there. Thanks so much. It's 18 minutes after the hour here on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves. We'll be back right after
0: this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need.
1: If you're up early with us this morning, keep the robe on, keep the bunny slippers on, because I guarantee you, if you haven't been outside yet, it's pretty chilly—42 degrees. And from meteorologist Brad Nitz, the high of 56 today. It's sunny, breezy, and cold. A low 12 hours from now, about 40 degrees. And tomorrow, a 20% chance for rain, but it is going to be pretty overcast. A high of 51 and a low of 44. That's from the Ackerman Security Weather Center. And a check of news, weather, and traffic here in just about less than 10 minutes. I think we have time to take another call. Folks, 404-872-0750, Claire, up in Cherokee County. Good morning,
4: Claire. Good morning. We have recently had several trees removed. Then we had a a loader guy come in and take our stumps up. And then this week we had a landscaping crew came in and removed the roots and the rock and all that. And uh, that was on Wednesday, and they put the hay down and everything. And uh, we had rain on Thursday. And yesterday, I noticed they came back and put the seed down on top of the hay. Hmm.
0: How
4: is that going to affect the growth
2: of the, the seed? <laughs> well, oh boy, that may I be. I think that was an oops. That that was a little out of order. Now <laughs> the good news is that the the straw they put down is so coarse that um, because of what we call particulate separation, uh, there the the seed will actually work its way through the straw and will hit the ground. The problem is you're not going to have much soil cover but i've actually seen it done backwards like that before and it sort of worked uh d- is the straw real thick on the ground or is it fairly um you know it's not like three inches of straw is it
4: oh uh, actually i have a, it's on the hillside from the house and i haven't walked down there to check it out but uh, they put down a lot of hay and
2: a straw. Yeah. So,
4: the, what would
1: be Claire's best option? I mean, go out there and maybe rake through a little bit, or yeah,
2: you know, it's. Uh, I love to tell this story because back when I used to teach uh, soils um, when I was with the university, we we talked about you know the the particulate separation, particle separation. If you take a popcorn, this is going to be a little side trip here, but you <laughs> take popcorn, you pop it right, mm-hmm. and then you pour the popcorn into the the bowl you're going to eat out of the kernel uh, the, the popped popcorn comes out first and what comes out last the unpopped right but after you take two hands full then the seeds are on the bottom again oh yeah so it works its way through because the coarser stays on top okay and the finer on the bottom so yeah.
1: hopefully, keep it's going to work. I would just word. keep
2: my fingers crossed, and then if you need to do a little bit more in the spring, you could do so. Very
1: important yeah. with the seed, Claire. Don't forget to water. I mean, obviously, watch the rain amounts and things. But watering key for new seeds. About so. every
2: two to three days.
1: Great. Thank you so much for the call. You can join mm-hmm. us four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Ashley Frasca. This is Lawn and Garden. Stay tuned Good Saturday morning to you. If you're tuning in to hear Walter Reeves on the Lawn and Garden Show, I hope you're not terribly disappointed. We're sitting in for him. He's off for one more Saturday at 635. This is Ashley Frasca from the Traffic Team and from the Herman Cain Show I'm with Walter every Saturday. On the other side of this deal, answering phones today, Sitting in with Mark Banta, the CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy. Mickey Gazaway is back from Pike Nursery. And we're rolling right along, taking your questions, 404 When I have guests in the studio like this, I always like to do my homework. So I have pikenurseries.com. And piedmontpark.org, I've, I've got my websites up here. And so this y'all are doing so many exciting campaigns at Piedmont Park. Let me just tell you, you had the, the Piedmont Park Dog of the Year, that yeah. little contest a yeah. couple months ago, which was pretty cool. <laughs> and so this Take Pride, Give Promise is the very first thing that pops up on Piedmont Park's website. Tell me a little bit about that campaign.
2: It is. You know, Ashley, what we've realized is, and this is a good time, this time of year is a really good time to reflect. We realized, you know, the people around us, really do love Piedmont Park, and they do that every day with their vote by their attendance. Four million guests a year come to Piedmont Park to play, walk the dog, swim in the pool, though it's a little chilly for that today. <laughs> but you know, the Piedmont Park just won Best Park, Best Dog Park, Best Pool, Best Playground for the Noguchi Playground, uh, Playscape. Is and this so
1: in the state or in the nation? Th-
2: this this is for Atlanta. Okay. This is for Atlanta. And uh, so, It is, uh, as we sat and reflected um, amongst the the staff, we said we need to let people through social media and through uh, Georgia Gives Day, which is in November, be able to give back to the park if they want to do that. And they can can do that through volunteerism. They can do that through uh, monetary contributions. I think there's buttons on the website that are as low as $5 or $10, but when people vote, With their attendance and then also start sharing their stories. You know, I I talk to people, Piedmont Park's been around so long. I talk to people that grew up in Atlanta whose parents and grandparents brought them to Piedmont Park as children. Some of them so old that they swam in the lake, if you can believe that. Yeah. So they're just a lot of great stories. And this campaign lets people take a picture of why they're Piedmont Park proud. And then put that on social media. And our website has a link on how to do that, piedmontpark.org.
1: And it's a destination. When you have family coming in for the holidays and you're always thinking, you know, what are we going to do with Aunt June and Uncle Ross? Where are we (laughs) going to take them? I mean, Piedmont Park should definitely be a destination no matter the time of year. You have the Atlanta Botanical Gardens close by, too. There's a lot going on in Midtown Atlanta. Yeah, so. you've
2: got you've got the lights on one end at the gardens, and then the skating uh, on the other, and and we may figure out how to connect those dots with something really fun. That stay
1: tuned. Yeah,
2: stay tuned on that.
1: All right, not but, not uh, using your feet, but you could. I mean, it's a long walk, but you could definitely. It's make a beautiful
2: it. walk. The yeah. park's so beautiful this time of year with the leaf color. Uh, that's still going to hang in there for a little while, but it's just a, a, such a beautiful, uh, peaceful place.
1: So, Piedmont Park lovers, we challenge you to do that. That is a great social media campaign. Just use the hashtag Piedmont Park Proud, and uh, I mean, you see the pictures all the time of folks taking a walk in the park or mm-hmm. a date. So, just add that hashtag on there, and that's going to be a part of that campaign. Thank you, Mark. That's amazing. That's incredible. Thank you. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Back to your lawn and garden sh- calls here on the show. Out to Tucker. Good morning, David. How are you?
0: Right, I'm going great. I'm inside and warm.
1: That, that's good. <laughs> hot coffee or hot chocolate is going to do you just fine today.
0: I can't find a cup big enough for me to climb into, though.
1: <laughs> that might burn you. Be careful if you do that. So how can we help you?
0: <laughs> well, uh, a couple of quick questions. Uh, one is, why is it so difficult to find scotch pine Christmas trees in Metro Atlanta the last few years? And the other is the same uh,
4: hyacinth plant. Uh, as um, was available earlier this year as plants, the same ones that are available as bulbs now? Mm,
3: good questions. Most of the ones that are available as, uh, as plants are, in the, are florist uh, plants, which we sell in the spring when they would normally come up. Uh, now the ones we plant as bulbs They need to go in now So that they'll come up next spring What's going to do better for the average homeowner? Oh, the bulbs by far The The ones that you get as a plant Are sort of a temporary thing so okay. They don't usually don't go back And the, what was the other thing? Scotch pines, uh, Scotch pines. The Fraser firs are just so much more popular now The Scotch pines have kind of gone out of favor So what we used to sell We'd sell Scotch pines for the same price, we sell the um, Fraser firs, and they last longer. They're just better plants, better Christmas so, trees. David, you put up a real tree.
4: Uh, yes, yeah, okay. I'm a real tree person. I I figure, I it just doesn't feel the same the artificial one.
1: Oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I know they have uh, I love the they smell. have the scent that you can actually buy in a bottle. Yeah, if you have the artificial. <laughs> We've got the tree. little things
3: that you <laughs> hang all over the tree. The little like yeah. icicles that are that
1: helps yeah well david thank you so much good luck on your mission to find a scotch pine let us know if you find one all All right thank you sir and speaking of christmas trees uh they are available
3: at pike nursery a week from today november eighteenth. exactly right how about that you might be able to get a hint of you could go in probably today you might be able to see one or two because they're beginning to come in
1: now, Not it. too soon to think yeah, about that. that's right. All right. What What's your tradition, Mark? It's when a little, up it's tree? a little,
2: well, I'm just sitting here twitching a little <laughs> yeah, bit you thinking are, how close to, to the Christmas is. Um, you know, we, I used to be like old school Charlie Brown and, and go out with uh, my kids and try to find a tree. I just think that's probably totally illegal, uh-huh. but uh, it was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, but now, you know, I go ahead and do a cut tree. I use, you know, I'm not a person that gets all concerned about it's not a renewable resource it is a renewable resource it helps the economy and you know it, there's so much uh... technology isn't the right thing but you know tricks to keep these trees fresh for longer periods making the fresh cut and getting a good uh, water bowl uh, so I, that's the way i do i go with a cut tree and then and then we deck it out in uh, you didn't ask about decorating, but I've, <laughs> I've started going with the mono, like all white or all one color instead of when I was younger. I just, you just wanted throw to be stuff up garish there. as mm-hmm. possible, you know. That's cool. That yeah. sounds
3: like our tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: just, I mean, the we kids' have ornaments We everything the kids
3: made in kindergarten. And now, this year,
1: that that. husband and I officially have our college football room. It oh, is done gee. in all Georgia and all Tennessee. Tastefully, <laughs> oh, mind oh, you, the red and the orange oh, are are kind of awful against one another but it's tastefully done so this year we will have a georgia and tennessee tree it's going to be really awesome i'm going to post pictures on social media there will be more georgia than tennessee on there i'll I'll just say that but no i mean with the with the christmas tree we throw ours down in the woods by our creek and as far as a renewable resource i mean the birds nest in it like crazy so do the squirrels or a lot of communities now do the chipper day where you can take it exactly chip
3: so I think that's great. Uh, also, oh, cool. a lot of the fishermen will throw one of them that's down right. in the lake. That's yeah. a, that's a good thing by the dock. Very it's good, good for the fish. So. And we're going to have just tons of trees. We have different trees, trees that nobody else has. Oh, so that's great. Hope everybody will come in and Can't look. Can't wait. Them.
1: A week from today, if you're the yeah. early type, go right yeah. ahead to Pike Nursery next Saturday. 404 750 Kelvin and Conyers. Good morning.
5: Oh, good morning.
1: Hey, how can we help you?
5: Yeah, love the show. Thanks. Um my not that my the cold weather is here. My grass is going to sleep, and I can see all the dandelions all over the lawn. I'm trying to figure out what I could use to get rid of them right away.
3: There's a great product out called Weed Beater, but Weed you, Beater Weed Beater is a Weed Beater Ultra that will work at lower temperatures. Some of the um, um, the other ones won't work if it gets at a certain temperature. If you've got um, Bermuda grass or Zoysia or one of those, one of the summer grasses. You need to wait until they're totally dormant. You don't want to do it when they're in transition. That's really important. You don't put any kind of weed eater, weed beaters, or any kind of weed control on there when they are going dormant. Okay. It worked All
1: right. Yeah, thank you, Kelvin. And then obviously, a lot of gardeners either forget or remember too late for the pre emergence to be putting things out. You really have to be pretty religious to do that twice a year to yeah, really control the You need to the do it early. You need to weeds, do it early. Yeah. So that's important to just get ahead of the problem, right? Yep. All
3: right. 15th of September and 15th of
1: March. Perfect. See, that's perfect. A pre emergence, just a so granule kind of thing you put out. and
3: How much yeah. does that cost? Gee, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. But it's oh, worth yeah. it. Saves your oh, back. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. And timing is everything. And it's pr- yeah.
2: it's particularly good if you have crabgrass problems or bluegrass. Uh, Any blue kind gra- of annual. Blue, yeah, po-annual bluegrass uh, problems. That's where it's really, particularly if you're looking for a clean, look out there in the Bermuda or or the Centipede or the zoysia, and you have a good looking lawn. That that keeps those pop up weeds. I, I only I think the weed beaters are a great idea in and not making sure the grass is fully transitioned, Mickey. But the other thing I thought about too is and I've seen people do this, they do you remember that tool they used to make that had the long handle and it had this little fork on the end? As
1: seen on TV. Yeah yes. and
2: it, yeah, I don't know. I used to have <laughs> one. But they were really made for dandelions. And so mm-hmm, you go in and you lip- just you just get in there and you pop it. And uh, if I had like three, I don't even know if I'd go to the trouble of mixing a chemical mm-hmm. to do it. I'd go pop them out yeah, by hand. Sure. But if you got a lawn full of them, yeah, it's not practical.
3: Yeah, and a lot of what we see now are the false dandelions. And that the, the things seen are those. not as yeah. deep. Yeah,
1: Ra- rabbit tobacco. I've got that all over, and I feel that I could just go with a little spade and pop those out too. Mm-hmm. But there's there's too many. So.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oops, my bad. All right, up next we go to Duluth. James, hi.
5: Hey, uh, yeah, this is actually Gene, the Daya guy. Uh, I, last week, I put a bunch of sweet potatoes in a uh, in a sink. Never done this before with a lot of water, and about half of them floated, and the other half did not.
1: Hmm. Did you do? Mm. Did you That's do one like the,
5: those, this, the? This toothpicks? Is one of those stop water questions.
1: Yeah, you know? but are you doing like the toothpicks where they're half resting in the water? Or you just no, chucked no, them in no, water? no.
5: What I what I did is. Uh, I bake a bunch of them for uh, dinner Wednesday night, and um, I had half of them I had gotten one week, the week before, from I got a produce guy that delivers to me and had some left over. Half of them were uh, kind of orange-colored, like Borgard, kind of flesh-colored. The other half were red, like Georgia Reds, and I just dumped them in the sink together about 40 and actually had the water running, forgot about it. Next thing I know, it's (laughs) nearly full. (laughs) And like, uh uh-oh. And I thought, why are they floating? I never had – we grew a lot of potatoes, but never really put them in water like that, that you would notice whether they float or didn't. You know, they look like rotten eggs. You know, I used (laughs) to raise chickens, and you'd have eggs. And uh, you always check them that way. Uh, And we cooked them, and they were fine. I do not know, but I just—it was just kind of a curiosity.
2: Of not why. not everybody could afford swim lessons, and so you know, you just—that's why they put make the little baby life preservers for them. That's a curiosity, you know. It's that's an interesting, uh, an interesting, interesting observation. But next time, just have one of those little life preservers available <laughs> near the out. edge and throw it in. You know?
1: Walter the chemist would probably have yeah. some rationale for that. Life, I'm have i not sure. My degree did not require science or math, so that's over <laughs> my head. James, that is very observant. Hey, call back next week, please, and talk to Walter, because I'm really curious, and we'll definitely remember that. When I saw your call on the screen, I just assumed maybe trying to make it sprout, you know, sticking the <laughs> toothpicks on there and putting it half in water, but fascinating. So uh, let me ask you we, this. For dinner, how did they turn out? Did they taste okay?
5: They were fine. Huh, yeah, okay. Yeah. we feed about 80 people oh, every my. Wednesday night, so... Uh, yeah, it's a it's a big group that we have together at our church so yeah they, they were they were fine and they all you know scarfed them up but, so it wouldn't anything <laughs> i just was curious you yeah, know there has to be some air in there or mm-hmm. dry out or something hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah let them pluck.
2: Density right. would definitely be now. Now the question is: Did the people that ate them float better than those that got the ones that didn't? I don't know the <laughs> answer. We're going to have to do a survey. Sorry, right, we have of some follow-ups guest. to take care of <laughs> right, before we right, talk to you right, again. Right, right. Well,
1: thank you very much, James. I appreciate right, your call. You Thanks okay. for the laughs. Have right. a great morning. All right. It is 6.48 on WSB. We'll be back on Lawn and Garden right after this.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need.
1: 6:54 on WSB still hovering around 42 degrees, so bundle up this morning if you need to go out and do anything. We're having fun on the Lawn and Garden Show. Ashley Frasca, Mark Banta from Piedmont Park, Mickey Gazaway from Pike Nursery, continuing to take your calls 404-872-0750. We're here until nine o'clock, and then Dave Baker and the Home Fixes Show is up after that. DJ Indicator, good morning, DJ.
0: Uh, yes, good morning.
1: Hey, how can we help you?
0: Fine. I planted uh, pine trees maybe twenty years ago, one on each side of the house, and uh, I noticed that the needles now are turning yellow. Is that usual or not?
2: Uh, uh, well, let me ask some questions real quick, DJ are the the are they doing at the bottom of the plant the top of the plant, the middle of the plant?
0: Well, it seems to be linear. Totally, from top to bottom, some of, some of the leaves are just turning. I mean, well, the needles. I'm sorry, are turning yellow.
2: Yeah. So so usually when when needles turn yellow on on conifers, they're saying that they're not particularly happy. Yeah. Now, with that said, uh, th- this is a normal phenomena for trees that uh, maybe are planted a little closer together or closer to a structure and as the bottom parts of those conifers kind of shade out a little bit, then they'll begin to yellow, and then they'll brown, and they'll drop off. But the top of the trees, where they're receiving more air and sunlight, uh, are doing okay.
0: Uh, it it seems, to be, seems to be good at the top. I, I, have a, I planted one on the other side of the house, and I noticed that it's turning yellow also.
2: Yeah, how long have these trees been planted?
0: Uh, maybe 20 years ago. They're at least uh, two stories high now yeah you know and, I, and also also there, there's ivy, and I want to ask you how to get rid of ivy down at the um,
2: is the air. is the ivy in the tree?
0: Oh it is. I'm sorry it is.
2: Oh yeah, so that's not ideal. So all these things, that's that same concept of of sunlight, air, or yeah. ivy certainly would be a competitor uh... for the tree needles so the tree is making decisions if it's saying that my my lower needles are not being particularly productive in photosynthesis, say that word fast in the morning uh... <laughs> if that if that's not happening then i'm going to kick you off guys so they're going to turn yellow and the yellowing is just a process of getting ready to get kicked off uh... you definitely need to get the ivy out of the tree and what i would do it, be sure that you're not dealing with poison ivy but if you're dealing, dealing with english ivy or virginia creeper Just cut that plant off at the base and then have some spray. Uh, Pikes has got some spray that's non-selective herbicide and just spray that on the stump of what you've just cut. And then that will uh, help knock that back.
1: Perfect. Very good. Thank you very much, Mark. And thank you, DJ. Good luck with that. We'll be back with Calls. Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves for another couple of hours here on Lawn and Garden. Enjoy your Saturday morning. Stay tuned. We'll be back.